0: Welcome to the Manager Tools Members Only Podcast for September 2006. Hi, this is Michael Lozan, and welcome. As always, thank you for listening and taking the time to register. Mark and I truly appreciate it. Hopefully, today you'll find your efforts well rewarded. I'm really excited about today's show. Most folks just don't realize how important resumes are, and not just as a piece of paper. In our resume cast, we talked about the purpose of resumes, to create an interview. Now just imagine, wouldn't it be great if its value didn't end there, and it doesn't? Yes, the resume itself gets you the chance to sell yourself, but if you followed our guidance, buried in the resume are the perfect seeds of success. Listen in to an interesting cast about how the accomplishments in your resume can be the secret to an almost perfect interview. You no know way, we get, we get lots of questions about resumes yeah we
1: do ever ever since uh, the resume cast uh, we've gotten a great great many questions
0: about resumes I think this is you know it's it's yet another topic that you know we've we've shared some pretty powerful stuff in the past yeah, you know yeah. on the, on when we did the resume right. cast but you know again we're just we're just scratching the surface here you know when we look at careers and changing jobs there you know there's there's so much so much um, detail behind that kind of be, below that first level of a recommendations that um you know we should talk a little bit about that.
1: You know, it's funny. We, we, um, people are just people are thrilled by the content, and we're excited about that. I think one of the reasons people like it is that people recognize that, in, in a way, without really thinking about it, that we are just scratching the surface. That, that um, um, you know, people ask, how much longer can we keep this stuff up? It's like, yeah, okay, we've got 500 casts, easy. And, and I, I think I added 40 more casts to our list. Um, just the other day, and probably at some point we're going to easily be able to claim that we'll be, we, we've got a thousand casts uh, on our whiteboard in the sky. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> and, and, and people are confident that what they're hearing is, is effective and helpful because they see that there's
0: some depth behind it. So I'm thrilled by that. It, it's amazing how much stuff is out there. But earlier we were talking, and you were talking to me about the connection between resumes and interviews. Share with us a little bit about that, because I I think that's powerful. Yes. Uh, You know,
1: I I kind of, it's funny. We talk about resumes having such a narrow purpose, and there's a reason for that. I mean, the purpose is for, the resume's purpose is to create an interview for you. Right, I mean, it's 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 the marketing, if you will, before the sales. Um, marketing is designed to create opportunities for sales. Um, when when Procter and Gamble advertises a product on TV, that doesn't create a sale. It's not a sale when they advertise. Pampers or Tide or Cheer or, or Crest Toothpaste. Um, it is marketing. It is designed to create interest. It's designed to get people to go and buy, and when they buy, then that's a sale. Um, so we do that in order to help people understand that the resume doesn't need to be 10 pages. You don't need to tell a life story. You simply need to create awareness, create an interest, in other words, create an interview. But But what's fascinating about that for me is we say that in order to help in order to get a point across that's helpful but but that's really only the start and and resumes can also be perfect and and i literally mean here perfect preparatory steps um, core to to a person's preparation for their interviewing um, it, it's just it literally can be perfect. So what is per, what is perfect? How, how do you make a resume perfect? Yeah, it, it, it's um, I, I again I I get so excited telling everybody it's designed to create an interview. But once you've gotten the interview and and the resume has served its purpose in that regard, it has a a fabulous treasure trove of information that you don't really have to worry about as you're preparing. Your resume, but after it's done when you're in the interview, the resume has this it's just, it's a fabulous bit of set of information in it all of those accomplishment bullets if you follow our our resume guidance in other words um, if you've done your resume well, those accomplishment bullets are, will become the core of your interviewing success because one of the things we talk about in our set of interviewing uh, podcasts, which again are separate product, it's not, we're not releasing those directly, although we're talking about it here, is the single most important question that you'll ever get in an interview for the rest of your life is a, a behavioral interviewing question, which essentially comes across as give me an example of a significant accomplishment. And then there are hundreds of variations on that, obviously. And and of course, we've got an interviewing tool that allows managers to ask questions, to answer a series of questions, and it literally prepares an interview for them if they're doing the interviewing as opposed to being being an interviewee, I'm sorry. Um, But that accomplishment question is so critical. And if you've done a great job on your resume, you already know what the accomplishments are that you're going to be using in your interview. And and the, the, the beauty of the connection is you do a great resume, you know how to write your bullets. and that's this cast essentially has two parts. how to write accomplishment bullets so you can really have a fabulous resume that gets you that interview but then we're also going to teach you how to leverage that in the interview itself how to take that bullet and expand on it and make it a perfect interviewing answer so the resume and the interview are connected the resume does its purpose but then it has this incredible extra benefit now you can you can you can choose not to have that. You can write lousy accomplishment bullets, but but a lousy one is just as or a good one is just as easy to write as a lousy one. And so we want everyone to know how to do it, and it's super simple. Once you know it, you'll you'll never forget it. So basically, we've got two two sections, if you will, to this cast. Um, probably a little bit of a long one, but I think it's just. Hugely powerful for people. How to so? Part one is how to write an accomplishment bullet, and then the second part we'll talk about how to answer that accomplishment question in the interview, which of course your resume has gotten for you. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Again, so. I'm getting excited, and I, I'm sorry about that. But um, so let's start then with how to write an accomplishment bullet. Um, simple manager tools basics. Um, there are four key things that you need to know to write a fabulous, uh, effective, uh, fabulous is such a wonderful word, but, but effective is really the key um, to, to writing an effective and fabulous uh, accomplishment bullet. And those are, these four are, uh, uh, start with an action verb. Number two, lead with results. Subtly different than starting, leading with results. Step three, quantify, quantify, quantify. And step four, one line please. Now, we admit, as is often the case when we're talking about the the, the variety of the, the business world, um, we can't write everybody's accomplishment bullets for them. As much as people ask us to and send me their resumes, and I, I wish we had a magic solution to to uh, all the resumes we get so often, and I apologize that I have to tell people no. Um, uh, but But these four steps, if you follow them, will get you what you need in terms of a crisp, recruiter-motivating, manager-motivating, reader-motivating accomplishment bullet. So step one, start with an action verb. And look, Mike, I I admit this is a bit of a semantic argument, but it's an important one. I talk about manager-motivating, recruiter-motivating. Starting every single bullet with an action verb like achieved, completed, reduced, increased, improved, Persuaded. Starting with those kinds of action verbs immediately gets the reader's attention. It gets the recruiter's attention. It gets the headhunter's attention. It gets the manager's attention. It gets the HR person's attention. Um, In fact, a one-page resume with a string of those words down the left-hand side right after that simple little bullet um it is essentially i think subconsciously one of the two or three things that is immediately impressive to recruiters and and, and uh, as a joke I, you know we uh, we often get questions about gee i think my resume should be longer or i, I don't you know i don't really like your your one-page resume format And i said gee i you know sometimes i admit my, my thought is, well okay get your own podcast and compete against this <laughs> uh, we we hope we wish you well um Uh, but we just don't want to read resumes that come from your cast, Uh, I I will tell you that the opposite of this, the opposite of that one-page string of bullets, uh, string of uh, action verbs down the left-hand side, is a staple in the top left-hand corner. (laughs) Uh, You know, I joke about that with people. We joke about the one-pager, but the fact is um, that staple... I have to tell you, recruiters rip that rip page one from page two, so they can kind of go back and forth real easy. They don't want to flip back and forth; they want to put them both down on the paper, and then you've got a resume that you put on really good paper, and the recruiter just rips them apart, and that affects the overall visual look and feel of the resume, um, and it's an immediate negative. So that that's the negative of this. Um, look, if you start a a, a a an accomplishment with as a team member it doesn't hit the recruiter the same. In other words, in in common writing technique, you start with what's most important, just like you know a, a very good newspaper column, newspaper uh, story starts with the who, what, when where, why and how kind of thing, and you know what you're going to read in the first paragraph. It's almost like a topic paragraph or a, a, an you know, overarching paragraph that explains everything in in the first couple of words, you tell the recruiter, you tell the manager, you tell the HR person what it is is important. And if you say as a team member, I'm not saying that being a team member is not important, but they're not going to hire you because you've been a team member. They're going to hire you because of what you've done and how well you've done it. And being a team member, being a team member, Mike, is essentially a given.
0: Right. You know, you talked about the kind of the subconscious impression it has yes. on recruiters, managers, et cetera. When I, when I see what you described, the, the first word that comes to my mind is results-oriented. This person yes. gets results, and it's focused on results. And, and, you know, it's funny um, –
1: we, we we talk about results-oriented and managers who accomplish things and so on. And it seems like people actually, when I talk in front of groups and they say, well, what do you mean by results-oriented? And there's a part of me that wants to say, if you have to ask that question, I am never going to get where I need to go with you. Um you know, it's it, it's the difference between somebody, I, I, I joked recently with a client that uh, a, a director was asking one of his project managers, hey, where, where, where are we on this? And this was a Monday. He says, where are we on this? And the manager's response was, well, I sent an email. And here's the timeline. Um, Tuesday, you know, he sends an email on Monday. Uh, On Tuesday, he doesn't hear an answer back from this external vendor. Um, And and it's okay. He's thinking about it, right? He's got it in his his queue, if you will. He's waiting for an email uh, back from this vendor. Well, Wednesday, he's swamped. Um, and, and rightfully so. He, he, this is a busy guy. Uh, but then Thursday, he realized, gosh, it's been a couple of days. And so he sends another email. But he doesn't send it until Thursday afternoon. And uh, maybe the, the vendor is out until Friday afternoon. So the, the vendor calls back with a voicemail saying, oh, I'm so sorry. It took me 24 hours to get back to you. Here's the answer. Well, by then, the project manager's already gone. And now suddenly, it's Monday again. And it's an update. And the answer that the project manager gives the, the director is, well, I sent an email and then a second one. Like, you know, I, I'm sorry, I don't pay you to send emails. Your job description doesn't say send emails. Your job description says, bring this project in on time and on budget. And if you send an email on Monday, you don't have an answer by Tuesday noon. You pick up the phone and you call somebody. And and, and if you don't get an answer by Tuesday at the end of the business, you call again Wednesday morning and say, hey, I sent an email Monday. It, it, you know, I, I, I called you on Tuesday, I haven't heard back. Please call me in the next three or four hours, particularly in the case of a vendor. Um, and I'm amazed at the the sense of lack of results orientation. And people say, "Well, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I sent an email." I said, "No, we're not paying you to do things. We're paying you to achieve things." And you're right. This this crispness, this action verb starting, is a very very powerful thing. It sends a subconscious message message that makes people sit up and take notice. Yeah. okay Okay. so now so you start with an action verb again achieved completed reduced improved persuaded um um, and of course it's great to have other things associated with that but that's the the key thing first word look to that try to figure out how to write it so you start that way um and of course it's almost always past tense i can't very few situations where it wouldn't be past tense Um, number two lead with results we're being subtly different here than, than the starting with an action verb. And, and I guess the best way to say this is do not tell us what you did first. Tell us what you achieved. In other words, start with the result. Um, and really, even though this is step two it's, and it's related to step one, it's also very closely related to step three, which is quantification. Obviously, when you can, and, and it's far, most recruiters believe that it's, it's, it should be far more often than most resumes they get. But when you can, you should, of course, as step three recommends, quantify things. Um, but, it, but it's still, this is important enough, leading with results, that we talk about it all by itself. Um, Going back to my earlier part as a a team member, if you start with as part of an interdisciplinary team, you send a message that you're being part of a team was the key to the whole thing or member of um, an interdisciplinary team or member of a team which… And being part of a team is not what we're gonna pay you for or what we're gonna hire you for. We're gonna hire you for what you achieved while you were on a part of the team. And we literally assume that you have team skills. We're gonna ask you about them in the interview to make sure that you're not, your definition of a team is if everybody works for me, then that's a team. Um, But look, if you say, if on the other hand, if you say reduced manufacturing waste by 1.5% per year, saving $8.9 million, leading the cost reduction group of a joint lean task force, now you're talking. Now I see that you actually are results oriented, and yet you know you have to do that within the structure, within the format of a team.
0: Right. So you're not saying, somebody shouldn't interpret your earlier comments that your accomplishment have to be I I I I I. You can talk about yeah. doing it as part of a team, but that is not what you're leading off with.
1: Right. And and, and don't get me wrong. I, I I focus on the individual because, quite frankly, so many accomplishment bullets are things that are masquerading as a, as accomplishment bullets. Oh, they're bullets. They're just not accomplishments. Um. Uh, they. They. Um. They talk about what they were part of. And, and I really do think that it's okay to have an I-bias. Um, but, but yes, you're absolutely right. Um, th- there should be some flavor of we and some appreciation for that. But I will tell you, if I had a choice between reading two resumes, one which was all I-based, and one which was all we-based, I would bring the person with an I-base in for the interview because so often when we look at those we-based resumes, we see a lot of very vague, non-accomplishment related bullets. And what I would do if I saw a more I-based resume, and I probably wouldn't, you know, very few people overdo the use of I, but it does happen, I would simply up the amount of interview questions I put to that person that um, that addressed team's and communication and partnership and collaboration and so on. All right. right Now, okay. w- when I think of great accomplishment bullets, Mike, here's the rhythm that I hear. I accomplished this by doing this. I want to say that again. I accomplished this by doing this. It is not, I did this and so this happened. We don't want you to tell us a story. We want to know how well you did your job. And, and I can tell you now, I want to say that again. We don't want you to tell us a story. We want to know how well you did your job. And you will understand how powerful those two sentences are when you hear how to answer these accomplishment questions in an interview. So we're just going to put that on the back burner and we'll come back to
0: that. Okay? okay so, so, how do we define what do they need to do to describe how well they did their job? Yeah. What's the, what's the key to that? Yeah, yes, we
1: don't say we we don't say uh, superlative. We quantify, quantify, quantify. Um, you can you can see it in the bullet that I mentioned above: reduce manufacturing waste by 1.5 percent per year. Oh, there's there's a number. That's a quantity: 1.5 percent and 8.9 million. Uh, oh, okay. There's another number. That's a good number. Whether the whether the budget of the company was 20 billion or whether the budget of the company was 20 million, I don't care. When you save millions of dollars or even hundreds of thousands of dollars, don't assume that because you don't have million dollar impacts that therefore you shouldn't quantify. Um, when you start doing that, we know that you, we learn from that way that you're writing your bullet, that you're results oriented, that you understand why companies exist. And that is to serve customers and to do so, in order to do that, in order to earn your cost of capital, you have to make a profit. Um, and, and frankly, this is an area where most resumes fail. Um, and Really, I believe that the reason they fail is because they're failing to recognize the manager tools approach to resumes, which which is resumes are a living document, which you need to update each quarter, a simple 15-minute or half-hour session once a quarter at your desk at the end of the day, going back through and having access to the kind of things that would allow you to quantify your accomplishments means that when the stuff hits the fan and you need a resume bang, you've got one in front of a recruiter or in front of another manager at another company or, for that matter, internal
0: at your company um, that is very, very powerful. Um, it's very hard to go back after, yeah. a, say, a five- or ten-year career at one, one job and then try to reconstruct all the quantitative information, that's, that's particularly, particularly if you're laid off and you're, you've walked out the door and you no longer have access to all the data, your files, etc. You know when, when that happens to people Mike, when people are laid off or when they're terminated and
1: they call me, I look for everything I can tell them for things are going to be okay, it's going to work out and and oftentimes I'm, I'm unsuccessful even though I tell them you know I was fired once and, and I've worked with thousands of people who' been laid off, and I fired people as well and um, you know it, it, it only people only get it when they get their next job and they're like, oh, well, that wasn't all that bad um, Um, And and it's so hard to to have to say, well, okay, we'll work around that um, because they recognize immediately if I'd have done a little bit more work, just taking a snippet of time every once in a while, I would have the quantification of my resume would be that much sharper. The fact is for resumes in today's world, when we're getting leaner and leaner and leaner and we need people to do more and more and more Um, If you're not results-oriented, you can't handle most jobs that recruiters are looking for. Certainly, if you're not results-oriented, you can't negotiate a much bigger salary because it it doesn't say that in your resume that you're gonna be somebody who delivers results worthy of additional salary or benefits. The fact is, numbers sing to the people who are evaluating
0: your resume. Numbers get interviews, period. Okay, the, the, the last item you want to talk about was one line, please. What, what's, what do you mean by that? Yeah. It, Mike, I admit, we got four parts, and
1: sometimes I get on my high horse, I get on my soapbox, and I say, boy, all four of these points are important, and so on and so forth. But this really is the least important of the four recommendations. And, and there are times when it can be broken, if hopefully only rarely. You don't have all that much room on a resume. You just don't. Um, Well, you do if it's more than one page, (laughs) but on the Manager Tools resume it should be one page. If you take one and a quarter lines to describe a particular accomplishment bullet, you're telling us either that you didn't do a lot, in other words, Um, you you can throw away a line pretty easily, or that you're telling us that one-fourth of the accomplishment that started on the previous line is as valuable a point to make in this desperately rare white space that you have on your resume as any other entire accomplishment was. And that's just not bloody likely. Now, I I have seen people who go the other extreme and send me three-line bullets. I, I gotta tell you, again, I think where we're going with that is a story. Um, We want you to literally leech only the core value out of that accomplishment bullet, because again, as I said before, we don't want you to tell us a story. We want you to know how we want to know how well you did your job. Because believe me, if you do that on your resume, if you if your resume is chock a block full of, of just substance, which in, in, in today's world is results and in, in, in accomplishments, um, believe me, you'll get the interview, and then you're going to be able to expand a little bit. But you don't have room on a resume to expand the way people want to. So Figure out a way to write it as one line. And again, I wish I could take time for everybody's resume. We we we've got to figure out a way to solve that, Mike. I I I don't know. Maybe we start charging people for me reviewing their resumes. But I I I've never never been terribly excited about that. Um, nevertheless, uh, I am death on multi-line accomplishments unless the accomplishment is achieved a 50% increase in sales nationwide. <laughs> you
0: know, Okay, right. if you want to tell me something about that and you want to take two lines, that's fine. Okay, so let's say you have on your one-page resume, you have, it would be unusual to have Twenty accomplishments on, on that resume? It, it would in most people's cases, but but on a manager's <laughs> but resume they did no. It, right.
1: no, it wouldn't be. Um, wouldn't be. I, I, I recently reviewed a resume um, for a, a member in a very unusual situation, please, a very unusual situation. Uh, and there were I think five jobs on it and each each job had four
0: four bullets, and so there you are twenty. Okay, so, you, so now you have 20 accomplishments on your resume. They're one-liners. Right. Not, now, so how, how do those 20 accomplishments, Now they probably have more than that, but they listed 20. How, how does that then tie into... Accomplishments questions in the interview itself. Okay, it's, that, that's
1: the key to the second part, of course, right? Which is this is great preparation. I want to make a little. I want to make a little point here about the, the the importance of the connection, and then we'll talk about how how it actually is enormously leverageable in the interview. And that is, if your resume is a living document, the two or three page resume that you keep locked away, ready to cull down into one um, for for that great opportunity may in fact have 40 or 50 accomplishments on it and and the the preparatory step should apply to all of those 40 or 50 um, accomplishment
0: bullets on your resume but so, let's repeat that i think that's worth repeating cuz what you're saying is that you know we've talked about the resume resume being a living document right But the living document is not the one pager that you're going to send out. Right. It might be two or three pages, um,
1: depending upon the length of someone's career. If if you're 28 years old, you probably have a one pager and that's all you have and that's fine. But over time, remember each quarter, remember the resume is a living document. Each quarter we look and we say, what did I accomplish? We don't each quarter say, what do I need to cut off? We essentially add more and more and more and more to our resume. Uh, and because it's quarterly, we can remember what's fresh and what's, what, what we believe is most important. But, but in, the, in, in the half hour that we spend, if we have a doubt about whether or not something should go on our resume, we put it on there because it's going to be on our living document, but then it may not be in the final version. The idea is if, I, if I'm in a technical career, let's say I'm an IT project manager, it's entirely possible if, we, if my boss and I or, or friends of mine, discover that I'm a very gifted people manager, I may be able to move from the IT project management role role I have into a pure management role, not IT-related, not project-related, in a completely different industry because of the success that I have. Well, if I've given short shrift to the people accomplishments that I've had and I've only focused on IT stuff, as an example, then I'm not as ready to prepare a resume for going from Cisco to Procter & Gamble, for instance. A very bad example, of course, because Procter & Gamble doesn't hire into mid-level positions. Um, But if you're going from Cisco to GE, perhaps, um, if you don't have that people piece because you've been too narrowly focused on just keeping a one-page resume current, then you miss that opportunity. But but you're constantly adding to the number of bullets you have in your present job, um, and As you get ready for interviews, you'll actually have prepared answers to all of the bullets on your living document, even when in fact you're going to totally focus when you get an interview with with a particular company, a particular industry, you're going to focus on the preparation around those 20 that are going to be on your resume. Because here's the key, Mike, for every single accomplishment bullet on your resume, I'm going to say that again, for every single accomplishment bullet on your resume that a manager sees, you should have prepared a three to five minute significant accomplishment answer, period. I'm going to say that again. For every bullet on your resume, you should have prepared behind it, ready to deliver at a moment's notice, a three to five minute accomplishment answer, period. Wow.
0: Now my guess is that those um, three to five minute uh, answers probably in one way, shape, or form constitute the majority of the interview. Uh, you know, let me make a caveat. You're absolutely right
1: if we're talking about the quality of the interview. They don't make up the, the, the majority of the time of the interview, and this is where younger people make a terrible mistake, Mike. They assume that because they only got three... Uh, accomplishment questions that that's only maybe 10% or 15% of the interview because they had chit chat in the beginning and then they had tell me about yourself and then we we had some uh, they asked some questions at the end of the interview you know the question asking at the end of the interview is certainly important and in our our interview cast we talk about how to do them and it's a very specific guideline for how to do them well but it's not as if you're going to win the interview with your questions you, you can lose it if you ask terribly selfish questions, but you can win or lose an interview with a three or four or five, depending upon how good an interviewer you have, the three or four or five major accomplishment questions you get in the middle of the interview. So yes, it is the majority of the substance of the interview, even though it doesn't appear to be for somebody who's not a, a an effective interviewee because they don't recognize that it's not so much the time as it is the quality of these questions that makes the difference. And I'm sorry, I ramble a little bit there, but does that does that make sense to you? sure absolutely. okay good good yeah so yes it is the core of the interview it may not feel that way to somebody who's not an accomplished interviewee
0: okay okay so how, you know how does it sound what
1: yeah okay good uh, the, the question that you're going to get in the interview again this is the core of, of of most effective interviews plenty of interviews but let me do a little back step here mike plenty of interviews you go through they'll never ask you these questions and that gives you some sense that the interviewer is really terrible at what he or she does um Um, But that said, um, the question, the the accomplishment question may come to you in several different forms. It may sound like, give me an example of an accomplishment. It it may be, tell me something you did you're proud of. Um, If you wanted me to know one thing you did in your career, what one thing would it be? Walk me through this particular bullet about X. Uh, Give me an example of a time where you had to overcome a difficult objective. Tell me about a time where you're a member of a part of a team, and again, unless you've done your homework, and you're ready to talk about you understand what your bullets are, um, and you have accomplishment answers already prepared for them, Um, it's really hard with all those different subtle ways of delivering this to know exactly what you're being asked and know that this is where you deliver your accomplishment answer, okay? Now, now, that said, um, there are some key points to remember. First of all, you have four to five minutes, okay? Some interviewers might tell you uh, to only give them high-level one to two-minute answers so they can interrupt. This belies the fact that you have to have a 45-minute answer prepared to get through all their interruptions, okay? If you follow our recommendation for for the, the meta answer, the organization of your answer, the core structure, which we'll talk about here in just a little bit, then they won't be required to interrupt and they will be stunned. The reason recruiters ask, you know, can you give me a high level one to two minute answer so I can interrupt, it's because most people stink at this and they're so desperate to get you started so they can ask you more questions. That's just their workaround, their cobbled together way of finding out about most people who don't know how to be interviewed. When you deliver a four to five minute answer that's well structured that they understand what's coming and why it's coming, Recruiters just want to kiss your feet, in addition to, of course, <laughs> if you've done their homework, having a good accomplishment. So then that makes them think, wow, this is a no brainer. Not only has he done or she done good things, but man, she's organized when she delivers communication. Okay? Um, so most, most people interview and they either ramble for 20 minutes, which is just agonizingly annoying, um, <laughs> or, or they tend to give a one-minute answer because that's what recruiters ask for, but then they don't have any details, and the recruiter uses that question, the one to two-minute overview, to then probe and discover there's nothing there. There is no there there, as they say. Um, I think it was Gertrude Stein who said that first about Oakland, um, but the end result is um, they use it as a way to, to rule you out, but a four to five-minute well-structured answer is a total home run interviewing today.
0: Okay. Now, you have on your, your working living resume, right. say you have three pages. Say you have like 60 accomplishments. Are you, are you really going to be prepared to talk four to five minutes for 60 accomplishments?
1: No. Uh, yeah. You're, good point. Good point. What, what you're going to do is you're going to do an analysis of the job that you're interviewing for. You're going to ask yourself, what is the recruiter looking for in terms of skills and abilities? And you're going to go back through your accomplishments and ask yourself which ones of those are most effective at answering those types of questions. And and you're going to focus on maybe the top 20 or 30. So, no, if you've got 60, I don't expect people to go um, to go in detail on all of them.
0: Technically, yes. But quite frankly, most people aren't ready to do that. Um, You know, so for you are you are going to be prepared for the 15 to 20 that are on your resume that you gave them. For sure. Yes, and, and and I recommend um, for the top five to
1: ten that are really in the wheelhouse of the particular job, you should be preparing for those five times as often as the ones that are in the second ten or the second tw- the, the bottom ten, if the third top thirty, if you will. Yeah, you right. know, obviously for a technical management job, you'd prepare most on those that highlight your skills in motivating others, and leading a team, and collaborating, particularly elsewhere in the organization, delivering to a budget, delivering to a deadline, achieving key results, and so on. Okay, next, point three in terms of key points. Whatever you do, avoid chronologies at all costs. Uh, now, uh, I, uh, this is a pop culture answer, but but uh, I call this the dude-where's-my-car failure. In homage to the scene <laughs> in the movie Dude, Where's My Car, where they're at a drive-through window, a microphone, and they're ordering food, and the employee keeps asking, and then, and then, in other words, do you want anything else? And it literally is a is a great two-minute set piece where it's and then and then and then and then and the problem is bad chronological answers sound like this I did this and then I did this and then I did this and then I did this and then, did this and then we did this and then I did this and I did this and I'll tell you what recruiters just want to do with the what the kids in the movie did which is just grab the microphone and just rip it off of its of its post please stop saying and then um, we're not asking you for chronology. We're not asking you for a story. I want to go back. Do we remember what we talked about earlier? We don't want you to tell us a story. Okay. We want you to be excited about it. We want, we want to be excited about what you tell us, but we want you to communicate in a professional way, which means you communicate around concept this is for the fourth key point organize the core of your answer around concepts you should be able to aggravate a- aggregate everything that happened in such a way that you can describe the key drivers of your behavior rather than simply saying i did x and then i did y and then i did z and then i did a and then i did b and then i did c what you'll say is there were three things that really informed what i did i wanted to strengthen the team i wanted to do outreach to the key clients and then lastly i wanted to come up with a powerful proposal that met budget and rather than m- mentioning all those three things throughout a chronological answer, you talk first about strengthening the team, then you talk about outreach to the clients, even if it happened before the team
0: part, and then lastly, you talk about um, the, the proposal that met budget, if you will. Yeah, I mean, the interview's really really wondering, you know, are you able to solve his or her problems? Yes. Right? And those problems are defined around concepts. Like you said, things like motivation, persuasion, delivery, technical competence, they're, they're, they're not around sequence of events or chronologies. You're absolutely
1: right. And something else, too. A person who hears an and-then answer, the dude-where's-my-car answer, can't keep everything in their head. They can't, and they weren't there, and they end up asking too many details about the scenario rather than asking about what you were thinking. And particularly for management jobs, we want conceptual thinkers. If you give us your concepts, we'll talk about the concepts and about the actions you took relative to those concepts rather than why you did X as opposed to Y at that particular moment. When you start to get asking questions about, okay, you did this versus that at that particular moment, Why? we sh- we don't ex- you know you you if you can remember all that lucky you but i can't um, you simply don't want to get into a, a situation where you're defending why you took action x before you took action t or after y or whatever that's not an effective way to deliver
0: a high level powerful interviewing answer right okay now we talked about specifically how to how to build the bullet points in your resume is there corresponding what's what's kind of the core structure of of your answers around the question of, you know, give me an example of an accomplishment. Right, And and
1: here again, we want to go back to, we don't want you to tell us a story. We want to know how well you did your job. In order to tell us how well you did your job, you darn well better start your first, the first answer, the first sentence that you give in your answer describes the end of what you achieved. In other words, you can almost say the accomplishment bullet from your resume word for word.
0: Yeah, you know, Wouldn't it be cool to be like Neil Armstrong? and you Yeah. Know, you know, Tell me about a significant accomplishment? Well, I led the first team of men to land on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> I've always said
1: that's why Neil Armstrong doesn't have a resume because he only had one bullet on it, and that's all you'd, that's all you'd need. Um, yeah. If you're Emmitt Smith and you want to talk about how a particular year you had that was good or a particular game you played, you wouldn't say in the first quarter of this and second quarter of this, you'd say, I was named MVP of the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay. That's easy enough. Next question. And, and he, here's the key to this, Mike. Um, you, you've got to tell the, sto- the interviewer the story. You, you've got to tell the interviewer where this story, if you will, will end up so we can follow you as you lead us there. I led a team, for instance, if you say, I, I led a team which cut, cut costs by 10%, saving us $11 million in a quarter. Uh, or, I created a team which improved sales. I improved sales by 9% in one year by creating a team. You've got to make it one sentence. If you want to have a comma in there, fine. But but the point is, if you tell us where you're going to end up, we can hang the specific actions you took under a framework of of, of that particular accomplishment. If you just start telling us, if you just start leading us down a path, we don't know where we're going. And and we're interested in how long this is going to take. Is it going to take five minutes? Is it going to take six minutes? Is it going to take 12 minutes, which is going to to scare the tar out of us if you tell us where you're going then as we listen to your answer we're going to know about how far we have to go and whether or not you've already told us you've essentially communicated to us enough that we know we don't have to interrupt you're going to tell us all the detail we need or that we have to hurry you along if you've told us where you're going to end up if you don't do that in the beginning if you don't start with that one sentence which describes the end of what you achieved your result we don't know what to do and we tend to give a less effective interview
0: Right. Otherwise, it's like a bad mystery novel yeah. that you're reading, and you don't know how many pages there are. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there are five yeah. pages you know, or 5,000 pages.
1: You, you said that once before to me. I thought, boy, what a great analogy. You know, I'm I'm not sure if there's 20 pages more or 500 pages. You know, and when you start getting to 20 pages, you start getting excited. You know, we're going to find out what happened. But if you don't know if there's 20 or 500, oh, that's bad. Okay. Um, step two in the core structure. So you you, you lead with one sentence. And then the next thing you do is you paint a picture of the background of the situation itself. You're giving the recruiter background to help give the accomplishment some relevance, to fill in the picture that they've got to, to paint. You're going to help them paint as you deliver your answer. And a key phrase that I recommend is, let me give you a little bit of background background. Um, it's actually sort of meta communication. It tells the recruiter what you're about to say. Interviewers love this because, particularly if you you did this in a in a particularly unique team situation, or you did it in a different industry, for a different company, or in a different title, or an unusual situation, we want to know that. So, um, you know, if you're Neil Armstrong, you would say, "I was an astronaut, an astronaut with the United States, uh, with NASA, the the United States astronaut program." Um, uh, I was uh, the, the commander of Apollo 11, um, which was the first manned uh, space flight to the moon, where we actually landed and walked on the moon, and uh, I was chosen that over a number of years as an astronaut. Um, and Basically, this what I'm about to describe is what happened once I was named commander and the steps I went through, the key things that we did in order to gel as a team, the technical problems we overcame, and the actual decisions we made that made that uh, were particular technical and tactical decisions that made a huge difference in terms of our success in the mission. Okay. So you give that background to help somebody understand. And it may be that if you're talking about a different industry, you may have to explain things a little bit. You may have to give a little bit of background that that helps the recruiter understand things that may not be immediately obvious to somebody outside of your industry. Okay, that's that's step two. That's a little background. And so it sounds like I did X. Let me give you a little bit of background. And then step three is you describe your overall, overall approach. You give a high level review of why you did what you did. Since they're gonna be talking about concepts and not chronology, what we wanna know is why did you attack the problem the way you did? Um, Why did you choose to spend your time on A, B, and C and not D and F, for instance? I find a very helpful transition phrase in this answer is, here's how I approached it. So, here's what I did. Let me give you a little bit of background here. Here's how I approached it. Here's what I learned, here's what I saw, here's why I chose to approach it with these three core concepts. And in a way, Mike, this step, the the, the describing your overall approach is a bit like the introductory paragraph of an essay. Many people learn that the fundamental way to deliver an essay, uh, uh, you know, a persuasive essay or a a topical essay is you give an introductory paragraph in which you say, here are the three points I'm going to make ending with your topic sentence. Um, You list those three ideas. And then in the body of your essay, you have a paragraph, if you will, for each of the three major concepts. And then in the last one, you end up um re describing your topic and your, your uh um your your key idea. Um, so it might sound like, uh, after, uh, a few days of, of, uh, understanding the broad situation, I determined that the three key factors that would lead to our success are A, B, and C, or the two things that I realized would make a difference were developing my team in this area and working on getting a different budget picture. Or I realized that I had to approach this particular client. I had to change our approach to the client and I had to change our product offering. And so I want to talk about first, you talk about changing the approach and then next you talk about how you change the product offering. So you give that that three, paragraph you give a one paragraph overview of here are the concepts I'm going to be talking about. Then, in the meat of your answer, you describe each concept in turn. Again, not a chronology. You say, first I'm gonna talk about my change in approach to the client, what we thought about and why we chose what we chose and how we did it. Uh, and then in the second part, I'm gonna talk about how we modified our product offering to this particular client in order to deliver the sale. Um, And now we're not talking so much, this is the core of your answer, and it's gotta be talking about actions that you took. It can't be a high-level discussion. The interviewer must be able, and I love this phrase, must be able to close their eyes and see you doing what you're talking about. It's It's not enough to say you formed a team and you gave them marching orders, for instance. Uh, rather, you would say, "I chose my team based on these criteria." In our initial meeting, we discussed team operations, which included this, 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 and this. I asked for a, uh, feedback, and they told me this, this, and this, and I modified that. Then, based on that, uh, another key point that came up was this, and here's how we addressed
0: that. Okay, right. And just to reiterate here, you're talking about you're talking at each concept. Intern, right not not sequentially talking about concept right and so
1: within the concept we might talk about a couple of actions that were predicated on one another so there might be a bit of of chronology in there, in terms of the three key parts of that part of the concept. First, we had to analyze what the customer wanted, and then we had to analyze what we had been delivering, and then we had to understand the differences and modify it. But that's not a chronological answer. We're staying within our one concept, and then when we switch to concept two, or three, or four, or whatever, we're again talking about those concepts in detail. And then lastly, after you've talked about the details of your answer, That's really the meat of your answer, describing those concepts and talking about the actions you took. Again, allowing the recruiter to close their eyes and see you doing these things. Talking to your team, making a decision, analyzing the the marketplace and so on. Um, You're going to finish with a brief statement about results. Um, You describe what the accomplishment achieved for you, for your team, for the organization. It could be profits, it could be cost savings, it could be speed, it could be increased accuracy, it could be higher quality, it could be better productivity, whatever it might be in other words you almost end with a statement that says because i achieved what i said i achieved in the first sentence the results that were that that were accrued to us or that happened were this we had 8.9 million savings or we reduced waste by 1.5 percent um so on and so forth yeah impact. And now now yes exactly impact results and again all of this is based on the work you do in your living document to prepare the resume. This is where the second part of the resume is just like a, it's just perfect. Because you've got a great resume, that gets you an interview, and if you have a great resume that gets you an interview, if you've done your homework and prepared accomplishment answers for each of those bullets, the interview is that much easier. And it all happens in half hour bits, once a quarter, updating your resume. Um.
0: The beauty of the living there resume. You if you have a living resume and you follow some of these things, interviewing becomes dead something. Yeah, it, it does. Really does. Exactly right.
1: Yeah. You, and, and you go in, Mike, it's not just that it becomes simple, you're right. And then you go in so much more confident. You know that in the core of the interview, you're going to get three or four questions about this, and you've got home run answers. So you're not always worried about what the next question is going to be because. You're prepared for it. And again, we, we've condensed this from the larger, from the longer cast that we have. We're preparing about interviewing so that when people need to interview, we'll, we're going to create a product for everybody. But we wanted to touch on that because uh, the world is changing and the marketplace is changing and people feel like there's more opportunities to consider elsewhere and the job Force is becoming much more mobile, and I wanted to make that key connection in terms of career management between between the living document, creating a resume that works, and then also the beauty of it, making it easy to prepare for your for your interviews in detail.
0: Super. Thanks, my friend. My pleasure, sir. Talk to you soon. Bye. Well, there we go. The secret of using your resume accomplishments to create the perfect interview. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please take a moment to go to your podcast directory of choice, iTunes, for example and leave a quick comment or review of the show. Those reviews go a long ways in helping us reach more folks, increasing the Manager Tools community. Mark and I would truly appreciate the gesture. Well, that wraps it up for today. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, have a great one. So long.